Welcome to Hope, Helping Other People Elevate. My name is Ray Aguilar, your host. This afternoon, I'm with uh, Drew Valencia. How you doing, Drew? How you doing, bro? Good, good, man. So you've been out a total of how long? Damn, uh, uh, going on eight months. Eight months, and how's them eight months been for you? Oh, man, it's been a, uh, it's been a journey, bro. Um, but uh, there's nothing that I, I would change about it. The whole experience of just, I mean, as I'm pretty sure you can hear in the background, you know, this is what it is every day. <laughs> and uh, just being able to just live my life in the midst of that and, and, and even being able to help, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I hear you're a busy man, you know, you're, you're, you're managing two jobs like myself. And um, actually, you recently uh, got an apartment for yourself. Things are really coming together. In a short period of time as well. Yeah, that's a part of the dream, right? Yeah, definitely, man. Congratulations, and you and I have talked. You know, you're you're doing some investing on the side. So, as you as you mentioned, man, uh, everything that we talked about, everything we we sat there and and just uh, envisioned for our life is actually you know coming to pass. No, exactly. Absolutely, man. So. Today's topic, you know, as, as we mentioned before, um, is on the lifestyle addiction. And I know the lifestyle addiction means different things to different people. And so can you, uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about what the lifestyle addiction was for you and how it looked in your life. Um, man, well, okay, so uh, when it came to, like, like, drugs and stuff like that, that's, I know that's what a lot of people think of as far as the addiction because that's what's generally talked about um but for me it was it was a uh, acts of violence you know i became uh became uh well because it was a form of being in control but as time went on you know I, I realized that what i was actually doing was out of control and it was just a form of not being able to express myself or not loving myself and things like that so uh and because of that, of, of this false sense of, uh, or this false belief that I had that I was in control, I, I would seek out opportunities to exert this power or dominance, which was all fake and, and a lie, which I realized in the end. But, um, and, and what, so what that looked like was, you know, looking for opportunities, whether I was like locked up or in the streets, uh, to commit acts of violence because of the adrenaline or just to send that message. And it was something that actually just ruined my life and ruined other people's lives more than anything. I believe that because, uh, you know, any crime against humanity, against a human being is a crime against humanity. You know, uh, it took me a long time to realize that. And that, and once I realized that I was able to like really look at my whole life and how, everything started to come into play and you know, me, me having low self-esteem when I did use drugs or participate at times was uh, had a lot to do with it. So then I was able to see how we get involved with something and then it becomes a habit. And then next thing you know, it just becomes normal. And this normalcy, it just inflicts pain on everybody. And, and although it's to everybody in the end, you're the one that really suffers because either you're going to, you know, either go to prison uh, or 
lose your own life and that could be uh, physically you know where you're you know in the in the ground or, or like in prison you know not being able to do the things that we sh- actually should be doing uh, which is service to our to our family as a man our father or husband or even to our community so i i know that it took a lot of work to come to that realization but before we get into the work that that, that was required let's talk a little bit about um have you, I mean, I, I'm sure you have, and I, and just knowing you, I know you have, uh, been able to really pinpoint when this really began for you. Because I know, like you, you mentioned it, it, it was, it, it came to a point where it was just normal, just second nature. This is who you were. But at some point, have you identified when this, you know, uh, pattern uh, really began as far as the violence and and other things that you might have been engaged in? during that time um i i, well, I know a lot of the, a lot of things uh come from, you know are happening from our childhood and things like that but something uh that i do like to share with people that i, I think we can all relate to is that you know whether you're growing up you know less fortunate some people call that poor or whatever for a long time i i didn't even know we were considered poor or considered to society standards but I do remember little things that, um, like, for example, we didn't have money to play video games, right? So we would smash nickels to the size of quarters and we'd go play video games. And, you know, we would collect cans and put um, rocks in them to, so we could get more money. And, you know, it just escalated to where I remember one time I, I uh, borrowed, I think it was like $5. And this was in the 80s from my grandmother. And I went and copied them at the... Uh, at the local uh, like shopping center, and I came came back and I cut the cut cut it the size of a five dollar bill, and I went and I got money at the laundromat, and I was just so excited. And and just that, as you see it progress, you know the lifestyle, uh, and then it just went on to bigger things into where what I if if I couldn't take it in that way, it just became by force. And then that was like, okay, well, whatever I want, I, I'm, and I don't have, I'm going to take it. Then to knowing that I could do this, it just became a way of life where now it was like, Oh, not, not only if I don't want it, but my people don't want it. I, I got you. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. And to, and I think I shared before with like the events in my life where by me stabbing somebody in that alone, you know, in the streets people talk so it's like hey you know homeboy will get down like this and that so then that gives you that sense of power to just and then you start to believe that's just who you are what you are and handle your business so when things happen you start to think of yourself as that person who handles business and sometimes people pick up monikers or and and it just empowers out that uh that monster that had became you know uh, i don't know if that right. makes any sense but no absolutely you know i, I mean a lot of um just growing up, especially when you're at that impressionable age where you, you want to feel important, you want to, you know, feel like you belong and you begin to realize, well, this is what it takes to to belong. And this is what it takes to, you know, be looked up to. And before you know it, it's, 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 it's you know, I like to refer to it as backward thinking because, you know, instead of, you know, thinking of strength of character, no, we always thought, you know, might was right. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's the way to you know, um, get things done, you know, enforcing your, your will upon others, you know, and, 
which is, I mean, very disturbing when you think about it. But that was, like you said, it was it was normalized, you know. And I can think back, you know, you mentioned about the quarters, you know. Um, it's crazy because I felt the same way that, like, uh, when we were, when we didn't have these resources, when when money was tight, you know, we did what we did, we we did what we had to do, and it was acceptable. Yep. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I drilled a hole in a quarter and I remember putting fishing strings and I would sit there and get all <laughs> kinds of credits in the, in, in the arcade before I know I had 20, 30 credits, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, and that was, that was okay. I'd never seen that as something wrong. It was just, well, I didn't have, and this is what I had to do. And so that's what made it acceptable, you know, and, and, and in the light, in the street lifestyle, that, that's, you know, a lot of stuff like that is praised. Yeah, you know, yeah, oh, exactly. man, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're glamorized because, oh, yeah, you, you found a way to, to work the system, you know, and that's unfortunate because, you know, um, suddenly that becomes your only alternative to cut corners and to, you know, take shortcuts and not to really um, value hard work and, and so on and so forth. But um, so the lifestyle addiction, I'm sure it took on many shapes and, and, and forms for you. You know, you mentioned violence, and, and I, I, I don't think that um, uh, many people would see that as a lifestyle addiction, but it, it definitely is because, you know, a lot of guys who come up from that lifestyle, that's their only option. You know, think about, like, when they're called outside their name. Their only option is, oh, we need to get down. You know, we're, we're going to fight, you know, and, and um, that becomes so ingrained upon our mind that to see ourselves as not fighting would see ourselves as being weak or outside of who we, you know, are. So it just becomes second nature, you know, and that's, that's part of the lifestyle addiction, you know, what about, um, other things? Have you identified other things that really characterized, you know, your childhood as far as the lifestyle addiction? Um, I mean, I, I would say just like the whole criminal element of, of it, just like uh, how, how you were saying it's, it becomes normalized. Uh, just being, just not even saying nothing, just turning a blind eye, like it's not my business. Or um, And again, in the end, you're, you're really not doing any service to anybody by not being involved or, or being present to, to uh, stir something the right way when you know that where it's going is wrong. That in itself, going back to the whole cutting corners, because in the end, uh, you know, some uh, people lose their life. And just, uh, uh, I mean, I think it's relevant is like where I work now, right? Um, I believe last year there was like 700 overdoses, which were in, in deaths, like I'm in San Francisco, right? And this year, from January to now, is between like 250 to 260, something like that. And the statistics wow, were staggering. We're familiar with the statistics because this is what we do. You know, uh, we um, we're social ambassadors for uh, homeless and uh, homeless people or, or people, you know, looking for help and things like that. But it doesn't just affect them. It's people working with us. And recently, um, two of they're they're just not a, a regular employees. These are guys that I knew who uh, were still. I, I want to say it had unresolved uh, uh, things in, in that lifestyle where it impacted their life. And in the end, you know, they went to the bathroom uh, to, to go, I, I would say, medicate themselves and they lost their lives, you wow. know. Uh, and it's sad because 
you sit here and you and even myself, even though there's nothing I could do, you still ask yourself, what could I do have done? You know, what what was I missing? Could I have said something? And, and you know, all all those type of things. And, and I feel like uh, I, I what I identify with that. Going back to your to your question, just gonna come full circle is that is a. Uh, now I know how to ask for help and and share my you know what's going on with me so that I don't continue that whether it's let's say going to drugs or alcohol or uh, uh you know violence um and those things are important because if you don't you're eventually you're just gonna go back into that because that's what you know when times get rough you know whether it's violence or you know using drugs and for me you know I'm fortunate that I have you know my better half there to always support me and always has i just didn't see and even in the midst of what i was doing in my younger days and in the middle they were always there i just couldn't see it and i'm pretty sure you can relate to that you know oh absolutely absolutely you know um one of the things that you know that takes place when we're caught up in that lifestyle addiction whether we realize it or not is you know you live a life of isolation and it's not so much uh isolation from people because you know it's you know they 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 say it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, a party lifestyle, right? But isolation, emotionally, psychologically, everything, you know, you're so disconnected from everything that that that's, that that has value and that has meaning, and that's something that that drugs do. That's what it does. It it it, it isolates you from from you know being connected with other people, you know, and that's sad. You know, I I think one of the things that you know I make it a point, you know, now that I've been out, and it's because I, I can relate exactly to what you said is, you know, I try to assure people, hey, I'm here if you need someone to talk to. No judgments, no um, no advice. I- I'm just present. You know, I just want to create that that sacred space so that you can, you know, um, feel that you're being heard, you know. Because one of the things that I remember before my incarceration, my life was unraveling right before my eyes. I was, you know, caught up on a, in, in a meth addiction. You know, uh, um, my relationship had shipwrecked all kinds of things, but yet I tried to give this persona like everything was good. Nothing uh, fazed me. But deep down inside, I was like, man, I'm drowning. You know, I'm drowning. And so, like you said, man, just to to, to reassure people that, like, man, you know, you have people who care and who, who do want to listen and, and who take time out of their busy schedules to, because, you know, you mean something. You're valuable. Yes, I absolutely agree. And And you know what? That is part of the lifestyle addiction. Thinking that... You know, um, you don't need nobody, you know, and, and when your life is completely in chaos and complete utter chaos, you know. Uh, and so uh, uh, what about um, was uh, criminality as far as um, trying to achieve things illegally, whether it's drug dealing or stealing or or any of that? Did that characterize uh, the lifestyle addiction for you? Um, well, oh, and it goes back to this, but yeah, I'll say, yeah, you know, um, for me, you know, because of the way I grew up is I didn't, as long as I wasn't stealing from my own immediate family or my people or my community, uh, I wasn't stealing, if that makes sense. And, and, and as you see where even the choice of words is like, you know, when we're taking from other people, it's okay. But, but at the end of the day, stealing is stealing, right? Right. And uh, I think the the what made it so easy is, is creating that separation that like as long as I don't uh, steal from my own people, whatever I'm doing is okay. And and uh, 
to add to that is, is I remember, you know, being young and around, you know, people, family members, knowing who, who's, who just committed the most recent murder or like, uh, uh, specifically what was, it was funny is that a family member had robbed a a 7-Eleven and the next day was in the newspaper and I, and I, uh, I was too young to be able to read at the time, but I just remember everybody looking at the newspaper talking about laughing how they misidentified somebody. So it was, again, it was normalized. So to do something like that and support somebody was normal, but yet today I can look back and see that the, the whole criminal lifestyle and how, like, if you're, you know, you're condoning it, you know, if, if you're uh, supporting that or, you know, encouraging it in any way. And again, you know, at, at the end of the day, whatever violence or acts were committed against those people, you know, it's trauma that they're going to live with. And then that's going to get passed on to their kids or their family to, to fear either a certain race group or people, you know, and so on. It's an ongoing thing. Right. You know, one of the things that was enlightening for me is when, you know, when we start this journey of rehabilitation is how I realized that that criminal lifestyle, whatever it incurs, whatever uh, belongs to it, you know, we're, we're, we're just as much part of it because we're putting our, our validation on it, our stamp of approval. Yeah. And, and within criminals and gang members, you know, they have this distorted uh, criminal hierarchy, like some things are acceptable and some things aren't. But yet they're guilty of all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> you know, the war beliefs that, that, that exist even within that underworld, you know, even within that criminal and gang lifestyle, for me, just 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 didn't make no sense. And, you know, we're, we're talking about all these different things, you know, all these nuances to the lifestyle addiction. And they're very they're there's they're, they're plentiful. Right. There, there's many of them, you know, and and I'm sure that that uh, started to become ingrained upon your psyche from a very young age carried on into adulthood right so this becomes you know as we mentioned second nature you know it's bound to who you are so uh let's talk a little bit about how you begin to to break that cycle and and uh come to the realization that you know um it was wrong you know it was wrong and how you were living and how you were believing and the things that you were doing you know, how did, was there an aha moment or, or was it just gradual or was it, did it come with the maturity? What exactly did it for you? Man, uh, man, to be honest with you, I, I remember I was in prison, they, uh, you know, of course that's where it all happened. Um, but I remember, uh, uh, again, I had my, my better half always there supporting me. Right. And and you know this when you got whether it's family or you got somebody there to support you, you don't ever really take full responsibility of your situation because you're not you don't have to worry about like going to the store or uh, uh, visits or uh, stamps and all these little types of things, right? But when uh, when we had our, when we had our time of separation while I was in prison, it forced me to grow up. And when it when I had to grow up in prison and start to look at my whole life and everything that, you know, I didn't lose, I gave up because of my poor choices. I was able to just look in the mirror and be like, damn, you know, you did this to yourself and 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 just really just start pinpointing everything. This was wrong, that was wrong, the way I looked at things, my belief system, and just and and also just being able to make amends uh to the people that I hurt. 
you know, that was also a big part of the, pro uh, to hear them speak, you know, to hear the, the stuff that I put them through. And to, and to this day, you know, uh, I'm still like, it, just cause you change doesn't mean you ever, you stop growing. I mean, it's an ongoing thing, but, right. and I always have to be, uh, like one, one of the biggest things I always tell people, we always have to question our attentions because that ugly side of us can always creep in if we're not aware or we become settled or uh, how would you say complacent, you know. Um, but that same person that, uh, and, and you know this, we've talked, that helped me grow also was like my, my it was hard, but my biggest encourager and I was just fortunate to step out and, and have that same type of tough love and just bring it full circle and just, and, and continue to, to be held accountable. And, and once, and going back to that is being around people like yourself and that were trying to move forward to life that with that accountability was able to point out or, or call into question things that you might be doing or uh, looking at differently. And uh, then it just, it just became a part of my life to where today, everything I do, I, I look at like, am I, is this the old me? Is this an insecurity? You know, because I don't want to go back into that. And and if you don't, uh, like, sooner than later, it'll just become a habit and you're back to the old, those old ways. Um, again, I don't know if that made sense, but that's how no. I see it and that's how no, I feel. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things that I, I really appreciate about restorative justice is, you know, it's a, um, you know, it's a different framework in, in addressing you know, uh, offender and, and, and victim, and it's establishing the trust, you know, the trust that was lost, you know, uh, um, you know, the old model was just, you know, um, lock them up, incapacitate them and, and, and just punish them. And, you know, you know how it is, we could sit in prison and not really even reflect on the lifestyle, because why we find ourselves gravitating towards, you know, the thing that was familiar, the thing that uh, our, our comfort zones. And before you know it, it's just reinforcing all that junk and nonsense that's already there you know but the restorative uh, justice principles of like what you mentioned accountability you know uh, making amends you know finally hearing you know the side of the uh, the victim the person that you have offended you know that has a, a way of transforming you know uh you and and getting you to think man you know what my actions have really impacted people you know and, and so you know you say that that's a part of who you are today you know, it's interesting because as you say that, you know, I was thinking about how me and my wife, we had this moment where we went to um, uh, to a, a Levi store and, and you know, I, I was drinking a coffee and and um, the, the, the gentleman, I don't know, store manager, he was like, uh, hey, you have to cover your face. And, you know, my reaction right away was, well, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a coffee. And he's like, oh, you can't have coffee in here. And I felt myself get upset. Right. <laughs> but I just kind of I, I left it alone and I just walked off and 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 I told my wife right away, like, man, why did that get me so upset? And then I told her, I said, you know, is this I feel like it's, you know, take me back to like that whole CDC thing. Someone telling me what to do, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and and but the point that I'm trying to make is that like today now we're reflected, whereas yeah. before I would have just reacted to that, you know, yeah. and, and but now it's like, you know, you know, we're living a different life because of all that we're talking about, everything, all the lessons that we've learned in prison and who we are today, you know, we don't want to create victims. Yeah, sometimes, like you said, you know, if if certain things are missing in our life, we, we have that tendency to revert back to what we know. But the whole thing is to keep it arrested and keep ourselves grounded and, and like you said, accountable to one another. 
and that was and, and for me that that was the whole objective of what we're doing here with with hope and this podcast is to just to provide a platform for us to to share and to to open up and and, and maybe give others whether it be family members or or uh, those who are freshly released you know who just uh, recently were incarcerated and have been released uh, a sense of direction in how to deal with certain things you know well that that right there leads me to my next question so you know you mentioned having this strong support system right and um people hold, holding you accountable what advice would you give someone today who is still caught in the grips of that lifestyle addiction addiction who has a desire to change who no longer wants to live that life but that's all they know you know, like at one time we felt like that. We, that this is all I know. I don't know uh, anything else. And so because they don't know anything else, um, uh, they're kind of left. They feel like they're left without options. What, what kind of advice would you give that person? All right. So you already know I'm going to keep it clean as, as I can. But for all the people who have the what they call a, a, a effort moment and do whatever it is, whether they're fighting, pulling a trigger, doing drugs, if you could use that same energy to just take a right in the uh, uh, step with your right foot in the right direction, I can promise that there's more freedom in that than anything you, you'll do in your life. And the reason why is because, you know, not saying paying taxes is fun, but if we pay our taxes and work hard, we don't got to look up our back. That's our money. You know, you're investing in 401k and payment, you know, pension and things like that. But life, mm. life is so much better. And, and the biggest thing is, is to give it a try because, you know, we gave so many other things to try. And something I want to speak to, I'm glad you even asked this question, is that I noticed people getting out of prison is in that, in that really did the work and change that, you know, we start to believe in all these words like integrity, you know, uh, being accountable, being responsible. And because we're so strong in those areas, we leave no room for movement or flexibility. And, and, and we try to hold people to these high standards and then we become frustrated, right? And start to, how would you say, like, make it okay for us to sham because everybody else is shamming. But no, that's when you stay the course, regardless of how bad you feel, how lonely you may feel. Because there's other people like ourselves who are going through the same thing. We're trying to figure it out, you know, and it's not easy, but it's going it, to, it, it's all worth it in the end. And really, like, I, I can't express enough to surround yourself around people that you can ask questions, be open, and even just vent. Even if it sounds like bullcrap, you know, vent. You know, to just get that out of you. You got to release it. If not, it'll poison you. And, and like we all know, you know, it's a, it'll take its own form of mental health because anger in itself is, is a form of mental health. You know, it doesn't have to be what people think, you know, uh, paranoid schizophrenic or something like that. It's just, you know, anger will anger and stress will gradually kill kill a person. That's just the fact. Um, Absolutely. I can't I can't say that express it anymore, you know. Do your best and don't worry about the next person, you know, uh, and just find your support system. For me, like I, I can say, you know, I got my, my friends like you and, and Jay and a couple other ones I have been to prison with and we could talk to each other and just be open about everything. And then you got to have that that other part, whoever your other half is, whatever your other half is, just to be you and, and tell you when you're wrong and support you when you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's interesting because... You know, I, 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 you know, I, I mentioned this a lot to, to guys that, you know, some of my most significant and meaningful relationships are with men that I built uh, in prison with. 
you know, because I we spent that time, we talked, we got to know each other's family, uh, each other's issues, and you know, um, that's one of the things that I know that that really helped me to process, to like you mentioned, uh, hold me accountable, and to really reflect on my actions and my lifestyles. And and, and truth be told, you know, a lot of guys that I looked up to, and I'm like, man, that that's how I want to look. That's how I want my life to to resemble. And just getting to know them and seeing how, you know, what are they doing to live that balanced life, you know? And so to come out and, 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 and to recreate that is important, especially in, in the hustle and bustle of life, right? Yeah. How busy it can get, you know, but always to know that, look, this is what got me to where I'm at. So I got to continue to, you know, reestablish those things. So, you know, I, I believe a lot, man, no doubt in my mind that a lot of things that we, we developed and we learned in prison have translated to out here in society and has really helped us to, you know, gain some traction in this life. Because I know like you, you and I can both uh, relate on this, that, you know, we didn't have a chance to, to, to really uh, know what it felt like to, to live life on life's terms early on because we were involved in that lifestyle and that lifestyle characterized our, our entire childhood. So now we're finally getting a chance to, to live life you know exactly now now we can say that we're uh investors and working two jobs and yes. tattoo artists Ta and hey, facilitators hey, yes tax paying citizens yeah, right yeah. that's you know <laughs> definitely definitely and who yes. would have thought who would have thought who would have thought but like you said all the all these tools everything that we um learned while incarcerated Man, you know that you know that that day will come to where you are, you know, finally um, get to put all those things in, into work. But one of the things that I remember, you know, hearing and, and telling people, you know, while 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 incarcerated, is that man, you have to be that today. Don't wait till you get out. Be it today, so that it's part of who you are. So that when you get out, you know, you're just you're being you. Exactly. You know, you don't you don't have to you know uh, fake it or try to try to do something that you're, you're you've never done but no it's just part of who you are no i believe so, i believe that absolutely so hey thank thank you drew man i really appreciate you taking the time like i, I mentioned earlier man you have two jobs you know you, you got other things you, you're doing on the side you're an investor you got a family that you're maintaining you know you're a man with many hats and so i appreciate you taking the time to to share some uh some thoughts and some insights with us you know, I, um, thank you for that. Right, anytime, bro, just let me know. You know, for sure. I th thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and to the listeners, I, I thank you for tuning in and, and supporting our efforts to bring awareness to incarceration and life after incarceration.